Hello and welcome to Discover Live, a podcast putting a spotlight on the importance of small and grassroots venues and in turn the new and established artists that grace their stages. Today you've got me and me alone hosting this interview with Hattie Winter and Ellie Rashid from the amazing On Repeat podcast, a weekly podcast that delves into the minds of a different musician every episode. They discuss the creative process, performing and everything in between and they've had amazing guests like Oscar Jerome, Benji from Steamdown and Sabia. I should also explain that Hattie and Ellie call me Drew throughout this episode and that's because as an artist I go by the name Drew Jody and I've got my debut single coming out on February 2nd. Anyway, here's me, Andrew James, aka Drew Jody, speaking with Hattie and Ellie. But yeah, let's uh, let's kick things off. Um, maybe you could uh, just introduce yourselves and introduce the podcast. Tell me a bit about on repeat. Yeah, why not? I'll give it a go. Um, so, so on repeat, we started. I think we started about a year ago. At least we were talking about starting a year ago, and we developed it throughout the year. So on repeat, we basically interview musicians, creatives about their creative process mm-hmm. and more. So it's evolved to be kind of asking some really strange questions sometimes <laughs> and it's yeah. definitely a very sort of chatty style thing it's good fun and uh it's felt more and more important hasn't it as yeah, the has gone on because of lockdown and everything and people haven't been able to see live music yeah people haven't uh, been able to discover as much music and also for artists it's been difficult to actually promote music and have another outlet and another platform to which they can kind of just, you know, say, say what they do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important as well to draw attention to the wonderful creative processes and how much they differ between genres. That's another massive, uh, massive thing about the podcast, I guess, just, we, we try and keep things as eclectic as we can. Yeah, yeah. So like one week we might have, I don't know, Hattie, name some examples of some of the genres we've had. We've had like... Um, like electronic, kind mm. of like IDM, dance yeah. music, and then it's sort of bookended with hip hop and somebody that composes like grime for musicals yeah. and other people that are doing like more like pop, kind of mainstream, people that are working in like trip hop, mm. post-punk. Mm. So really, yeah, so it's a, really lot of, a lot of genres. Exactly. Yeah. So we've got and- it all. We've got it all. And I think that's really important as well because Hattie and I both work in kind of uh, different parts of the music industry. Mm-hmm. Hattie works for Native Instruments, yeah. more on the kind of tech side. And I work as a music practitioner and yeah. I work in trying to deconstruct uh, musical hierarchies and genre sure. and uh, I also make music that is sort of to do with that okay so it's been really interesting to kind of speak to lots of different musicians about the way they write music but yeah. also as we've as we've gone on we've realized that it's been quite interesting to sort of see how they found it in such unprecedented mm-hmm. times yeah absolutely <laughs> so because you was, was it earlier this year that you started up the podcast? Yeah, it was about a year ago now because I remember Hattie um, coming to mind. We kind of reconnected through Instagram. So we went to uni together. So I think it was your birthday. So it must have been it around was, the time. It was, 
Cause yeah, I it was around me. You posted a picture in like a really nice dress, and I was like, "Oh my god, you look amazing!" Like, <laughs> hope you're well. And then you were like, "Oh yeah, I'm really well." Actually, I'm thinking about doing this podcast, and I think you'd be really good. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it went zero to sixty quite quickly. And then Hattie arrived with some uh, what she described as Christmas tack, okay. which was like a kind of uh, <laughs> like one of those pine, are they called pine cones with glitter on? That's how I remember it was this time last year. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. That's I great. <laughs> well, and then you just started talking about potentially doing this podcast and then it kind of just organically happened from there or what was the process? Like? Yeah, man, it did. It did. Yeah, it did pretty much happen like that. And I think because we knew each other from uni, so Ellie studied music and mm-hmm. I studied English and drama, but I was always really um, involved in the kind of like student radio okay. side, which is kind of how I got into working in my sector of music, mm-hmm. um, the music industry. Um, so we kind of both knew what both of us were about. Yeah, It wasn't like, I don't know, it wasn't like, a, hang on a minute, you like music? I like music too. We both yeah. kind of knew what our interests kind of were. Yeah. 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 And also it was funny because I know at least with band names and we speak about this in our podcast as well, it's yeah. so difficult to find a name. But I feel like like we just came up with our name straight away. I swear yeah, we did like well. at least like on the day or something. We didn't do any like what's the word? Kind of like blue sky thinking or mm. trying out different names. We were just mm-hmm. like, What about on repeat? Yeah, that sounds great. That's cool. <laughs> So you, how many episodes have you got now? It's quite a few, right? It's sort of got pushing 20 or... 22. Yeah, yeah. 22 for 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, you got any, have you got any highlights? Any highlights you can pick out? What have been some of the sort of favourite stories or, or guests that you've had on? Okay, so it, it really depends how we're defining highlights here, like whether they're, they're good or bad. But for me, a highlight is something that I really remember. <laughs> Yeah, and I sure. don't know if this is good or bad, to be honest. But when Oscar Jerome came round, um, I was actually quite nervous. And <laughs> I had a little bit to drink. <laughs> and uh, I was really worried that I was chatting shit the whole time. But Sometimes that can make for the best content, though, right? You know, a little bit more I mean, Drew, I think that was, that's a very drunk thought. That's a drunk <laughs> thought that I had. Exactly. Um, yeah, it was very unfiltered. But fortunately, we did have a lot of content to choose from. And actually, funnily enough, our, so we used um, a, a Zoom mm-hmm. thing because we were doing in person. And actually, yeah. it's more difficult. And this is something we've learned. It's more difficult to do things in person in terms of editing. Yeah. Uh, because you haven't got the individual parts that you can kind of cut out if you've got weird echoes or background noises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was quite difficult to sort of edit this one out fortunately Hattie did this one so she did a great job and I said to Hattie I said I do not want to listen to whatever I was saying <laughs> all the bits I cut out I think I had um you know like on a zoom record you have like several folders you can choose yeah. I had like three or four kind of just like very small snippets maybe like a minute and a half long with like Ellie just like giggling in the background or like Oscar <laughs> yeah. and singing. it was so yeah it was so bizarre no that that was a that was a really fun time I mean, we had to go to the shop halfway through the podcast. Really? And actually, I wondered whether we should have actually carried on recording going to the shop because we had to get some batteries for the Zoom. Uh, I don't know <laughs> well, why. That was why we couldn't have recorded because we didn't. The Zoom died like halfway through. Oh, no. Yes. We got some batteries and some rosé. It cut off like 30 seconds of like me talking. And then I was like, oh, we ran out of batteries. Oh, okay. And no other batteries would work. So we just yeah. had to buy some more. But... 
so I guess that's a strange highlight and uh, I guess like some of my other highlights have just in general have been the unexpected sort of fun questions that Hattie's asked oh yeah um it's difficult to sort of judge it for yourself but I know like Hattie's definitely come out with somewhere I've just been like what yeah this is this is what we're about yes uh I think we've been quite lucky because a lot of people that we interviewed we kind of like know from uni or like yeah. one of us has met through our work that kind of thing and so you kind of know what to expect with those interviews and I think for me the highlights have been talking to people that we've met through other people or people mm. have like pitched us and we're like yeah we'll do it because you because we don't know them it's like you'd never quite know what they're going to be like yeah. and I think people like let's say like Sabia's was really good yeah. um Emma Blue Loop which is episode two Fable mm-hmm. yeah which was the last one we did raw all these people that we've never met mm. but have been really strong interesting yeah. good interviews yeah. kind of shows I don't know at least it proves to me that oh we are actually quite good at what we do yeah. and not not just good at like talking to our friends mm. nice to well know i was gonna i was gonna ask how drone. how do you go about sort of finding the people to come onto the podcast because obviously someone like sabia she's only i think she only had maybe two songs out at that time like how we're tastemakers baby <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, i guess this is part of the reason we started this podcast because we both knew a lot of people between us like we went to goldsmiths mm-hmm. uh, i'm a musician like i'm pretty much in the industry yeah. and hattie is as well so we do have that advantage sure. that we we use to our full potential so i rinse all of our friends basically. <laughs> yeah we re- yeah we do but they don't mind i don't think actually the reason um why we managed to get sevilla is because i know her her manager oh yeah susie oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so i used to work with her when i worked front of house at the royal opera house i'm a woman of many links as is hattie <laughs> so you used to work at the royal opera house as well I did indeed. I used to um, I used to sing opera. I'm actually trained oh, wow. uh, in opera. Amazing. So that's also what I guess uh, made me want to think more about constructing genres. Yeah. When you sort of look at the audience that goes to the opera house and you think, mm. why? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the music. It's not the music. It's the audience and the yeah, elitism yeah. and the prestige mm-hmm. that surrounds it that I think doesn't need to be there personally. Yeah. So yeah, obviously totally the um, the podcast is, is, I guess the idea behind it is to talk to people about their creative process and find out the different ways that people create music. But does live music get talked about a lot when in terms of the creative process? I think it's always talked about as like people's kind of favourite, one of their favourite parts of making the music, like yeah. that, that moment where you've kind of, you finish that you finish this project that I think Puma Buplet really well. And he's like, I finished this project that's kind of mine and not mine. And you can like have this real connection with the crowd and yeah. people might sing back the lyrics. And I think it's, it's definitely been something that people have really missed this year. And I think a lot of people that we spoke to because they're kind of in that like emerging artist kind of sphere, it's something that they were really counting on, you know, people going mm. to like maybe their first headline gigs or going to like their first festivals as like more established artists and getting a bit higher on the bill. And all those kind of rites of passage have been unfortunately taken away. I think that's, I think that's what's really come out of it. Just that it's the favorite part. It's the best part. Mm. It's the funnest part. The bit that you can never, you can never like be taught. You have to learn, you just have to learn it yourself through trial and error. Yeah. Um, and now people just don't have that, don't have that. And I think everyone's just also realised they're never going to turn down like an invite again. Or at least that's how, that's exactly Definitely. how I feel. Like I'll 
I'll, I would say yes to like every event and I think people are way more like ready to 100%. be out dancing. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yes, I think fe- festivals, totally. festivals next year yeah. are going to be amazing. Oh my God, they're going to be wild, aren't they? <laughs> they're already wild as they are, but it's going to be like... It's going to be a nouvelle summer of love. Yeah, I know. exactly. I think, I think I saw on Twitter that it was like, I can understand why... After the 1918 pandemic, you had like the Roaring Twenties and you yeah. had like people just like dressing up to go like anywhere and everywhere. It's like, yeah, I can understand yeah. that because I'll go to the shop and be like, I'm going to wear bright red lipstick because yeah. why not? Hey, you don't want to see some of the outfits that I have got ready for the, like they're insane. So <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm really. Um, I think we ask some really, really weird questions, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes they seem a bit abstract and out of the blue. And I guess something that everybody has had in common is that they don't seem to judge. Yeah, they just answer the question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. think that's what makes it so interesting yeah. as well, because you do get such interesting yeah. answers. Yeah, I don't think we have many questions that are like the same. I think I think both of us mm-hmm. ask. We have maybe like one or two like bank questions that we both kind of ask, but I don't think, yeah. I think other than that, we kind of tend to play it by ear. And I mean, equally thinking about the fact that like we kind of, we ask the questions and people say the answers, it's like we haven't really spoken much about live because we're quite aware that people haven't been able to, to yeah, play. Yeah. So it is a bit of like an abstract and upsetting question. Yeah. Like, unfortunately you do have to think about like finances and a lot of people basically bankroll themselves in music. So if you're like, yeah. oh, like you lost loads of gigs this year, it's like, yeah, you've lost X amount of money that you've worked X amount of years mm. for, which is, you know, I think people think it's quite crude to discuss, but it, yeah, it, sure. it's kind of true that it's, it's an expensive craft to kind of get into and to do. So everyone's working like two or three jobs. Mm. Um, so it just seems really sad to kind of point out that, you know, it's a, it's a really difficult industry and we don't, and also we don't know when it's, we don't know when it's coming back. Maybe if we all knew that all oh, on the 1st of January, fabric's going to open, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd yeah. be different, but, um, but that's not the case. We still kind of, well, yeah, we're banking on festivals, but we actually don't, don't know. And I think it's going to be a very different industry when we Definitely. come back. Definitely. It's quite bleak really, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no no but it but it is though and i think that's that's kind of why we've been doing discover live this year because we, we um specifically for the venues themselves places like the victoria and like pepper just finished that we've had on they all been really really struggling we also did an episode mm-hmm. on um on the windmill and uh and all of these places have their own sort of crowd funders going and and uh, so I think it's really important for it to be spoken about just so that people are, can be aware of, of how of how much, like as well as the artists, mm. but like the, the places themselves are struggling. I listened to the first episode that you guys put out with, with Harrison from Talk Show and he talked about how he met the members of his band or like one of the members of his band outside a venue. And it's like, yeah. if those venues aren't there anymore, then that Ready band wouldn't exist, you know? Yeah. So... I just think it's so, I just think it's such an important thing to um, to really support these places. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think also, like you said, like with the fundraisers and sort of like crowdfunding, I think like that's really cool. I think because um, like obviously some radio stations and places like Gaudem, like NTS, are doing like um, like sub- not subscriptions, but kind of like membership kind yeah. of options. And I think like creators are getting things like Patreon. So I think that's that's really cool. But it's definitely not a one size fits all kind of solution mm. to for musicians and and venues it's it's really tough yeah yeah for sure so um so you both met at goldsmiths what what was the uh what was the music scene like there maybe you could talk me through that 
How, how did you, did you guys meet through music? <laughs> it was, a, it, there was a lot going on. So at Goldsmiths, yeah. you've got two courses and it's, it's very much, it's very well known, the two courses. There's, there's a few types of music. There's music technology, mm-hmm. there's pop music. Mm-hmm. So that's the course where I think James Blake did that course, Blur did that course, Katie B did that course, as did Puma Blue, as did Lucy Lou. I, I also uh, did that course, people. but in Southampton. I did, I did the oh, same did course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Then there's music, music, uh, mm-hmm. which is classical, uh, but it's not classical. It's it's more sort of contemporary classical focused, which is mm-hmm. we all know that's not really classical at all. And uh, yeah, I I did that. I did that music, but I've always had a background in jazz. That's how I earned most of my money when I was a kid. Yeah. So I guess I was on those two scenes, and the jazz scene was just starting to grow mm. when I was at Goldsmiths. When we were both at Goldsmiths, mm. which was about 2014 to 2017. Yeah. So the southeast London jazz scene as we know it now was really a mishmash of goldsmiths trinity plus like the odd sort of people from nigel and just around and you can see how it formed but you could literally alongside with the gentrification that was happening very quickly at that time the way new cross was changing the jazz scene was developing simultaneously with that and you could see even the change uh, in nights at the su there were more jazz nights led by charles vaughan who we also interviewed and uh you know there was a lot going on in terms of neo soul contemporary jazz and uh that you know amisham amisham arms uh new cross inn was a place that you'd go if you wanted to see something a bit different i saw a few psychedelic yeah Yeah. talk show i think did something there yeah new cross inn is Um, actually like a really a a really interesting spot there um i think it's like their tuesday night open mic yeah it's so loud i remember going there to see uh, see uh, my, my mate's band and, and I it's forgot so to take um, earplugs and I genuinely was in so much pain in my ears when I left. <laughs> it's so loud. Yeah. It's so like old school loud. Yeah. Um, I think I've definitely seen some very interesting things there, very questionable things. I remember seeing this one guy in, in a mask, like before it was Corona, um, but like a, maybe like a balaclava mask, just singing, I want my ex-girlfriend back, just like over and over again. That was the entire lyrics <laughs> of the song. It was quite fucking freaky, to be honest. Yeah, that's a real vibe. That's a yeah. real vibe. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, I had a different experience of Goldsmiths in that area because yeah, I didn't didn't do music, didn't study music, mm-hmm. did the radio kind of side. Um, I heard more of the sort of like grime kind of hip hop influenced sounds, yeah. and like I worked in Peckham and saw like Balamy when it was opening up, and like going to Bussy and Rywax and stuff yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there was always so much going on. Um, and I think that where Goldsmiths is situated, because it is like between sort of Lewisham, Deptford, mm-hmm. um, what's it called? Peckham. It's got Camberwell down the road. There's lots of like arty universities and like a very small location space. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you get to see a lot of random, crazy kind of conceptions of music, which yeah, is really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask, what, what, what was the uh, sort of live music scene like? Were there, I mean, I'm guessing there's probably a lot of gigs going on. Oh God, there were gigs like every night. Yeah, there were gigs every night. And also jazz is something that lends itself more to gigs mm-hmm. yeah. than, other, than so many other genres. I think jazz and actually like punk as well. Um, I, I'd see quite a lot of um, sort of punky things. But yeah, I was more involved in the jazz scene. So you'd always go like we'd every single week we'd go to Oliver's in Greenwich um, or we'd be playing at Amersham or we'd be going to Buster Mantis. 
Oh yeah, Bus Mantis is great. And did you go to Pie the, House, the Royal Albert on the Sunday? Yeah, the Royal Albert every Sunday for jazz. Like that was such a fundamental part to like being a student for me. I can't imagine going through yeah. that period with no live music to be honest yeah. i wasn't interested in in listening to music sort of on my own because as someone studying music and even still now as a musician i do actually struggle to listen to music sometimes yeah, i, I want an mean. experience i want something that's different from what i'm doing and for me live music it's uh it's it's a vibe literally you're there you're with people you're experiencing something together it's mm -hmm. not the same as starting a spotify session with someone and listening at the same time yeah. because you don't get the smells like you know sometimes pubs smell grim man but you want it like you <laughs> yeah, want yeah. some it to smell of like kind of stale beer and everyone be like it's part of the performance yeah you know? it's all it's all the everyone atmosphere crowded round having yeah. sweaty hugs with people it's it's part of it and i remember seeing oscar jerome actually at the royal albert mm -hmm. like four or five years ago and when i messaged him on instagram i said mate i saw you like when i was a student and, da, 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 and look at you now kind of thing yeah, and yeah. it does make you think wow we were so lucky to go there and have so many kind of interesting uh people sort of emerging yeah. from that scene I, sure. I think it's a good point as well to say that like it was kind of instrumental because i definitely uh could have worked harder at my degree i think yeah, <laughs> for numerous I... reasons but i think um i think with like everything that's going on and obviously like students are going back like students are like being encouraged to go to university but to like, do all their learning online and yeah kind of i think in the news getting told they're very ungrateful because they're like, oh, you know, like, I can't go to the pub, I can't go to this. People are like, you need to start going for your education. And it's like, yeah, people want to get a degree out of it. But it's like, at the end of the day, you're there for three years, like, to have fun, to have those experiences. And I don't, you can't put people down for yeah. wanting that. You kind of make your own fun, I think. And the more, the more you put in, the more mm -hmm. you get out, which is super cheesy. But the more gigs that I went to, the more people I met, yeah. the more contacts I got, the more people I got to interview in my yeah, podcast. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So you obviously went to a lot of gigs, uh, just, I mean, as punters, but also playing shows and things like that. What were, um, what were some of your favourite venues that you went to or played at? Or what are some of your favourite venues? Love I do love the uh, the term punters at gigs. I do. I, I find that very uh, endearing, a bit sexy and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, really. Sort of uh, almost intellectual. I'm a punter at a gig. Well, I love I love it when people get into to my my music. Um, yeah. So for that reason, my favourite gig is probably has probably been at the Pie House, where it's cool. a community of um, of of artists and musicians or just lovers of, of music. And I remember performing some of my new EP, and some people just started dancing like in a mm. way that i'd never seen people dance before and they were just feeling it you know amazing like just feeling it and that's kind of what you want you don't want to be background music yeah yeah, no, yeah exactly what's the point yeah i'm trying to think of my do you know what i kind of need to ask this question i was almost like dreading it because i was like i can't remember the last time i went out i'm thinking of like um rywax since some really cool mm. stuff from rywax which mm -hmm. always feels really like nice and intimate because it's it's so small. Um, that's a really cool place. But yeah, I'm really like bussy for like live. But I think I've been to more like club kind of events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of miss that quite a lot. And I just really miss festivals. I love seeing live, live music at festivals. It's kind of... Oh, the yeah. The yeah, absolutely. Then, Me too. Yeah. 
I just found one actually as well. Sorry to interrupt. I just found this. This I have this in my in my flat. I know, I realise we're on a podcast right now, so I'll describe it. It's a <laughs> it's a poster from uh, one of my jazz bands. It was a gig that we did in Kingston at the Fighting Cocks, which if you know mm -hmm. Kingston, you'll definitely know that pub. And probably can't hear me that I just went away from my mic um but if yeah if you know if you know Kingston you'll know the Fighting Cox pub and it was uh it was such a great gig mm. like again like it's not about the prestige of the venue it's about the people, people who go there, yeah, and everyone was so sweaty it was so like it wasn't Covid chic it was just like <laughs> disgusting and and everyone was like yeah and it was like you know a, a sort of mosh pit vibe it was brilliant yeah it was brilliant but it was jazz <laughs> yeah i mean totally it's it's the atmosphere of everyone getting together and and like you said as well uh, uh, really appreciating the music mm -hmm. I, think, I think that's what makes a gig especially at like these small sort of grassroots level venues that's what makes these these events so important is 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 that it brings everyone together and they can appreciate the same thing at the same time yeah, exactly. What what's been your like favorite gig by the way or favorite venue? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh my favorite venue probably I went to university in Southampton and uh there's the Joiners down there which I absolutely loved. That was like the first small venue that I kind of fell in love with and I, and I would just go to it without knowing any of the bands. I'd never really done be, that before. Um, and it was, yeah. So I shout out to the joiners for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, if we're going to talk about places outside of London, I used to love the Croft, which actually doesn't exist anymore. It's in Bristol. It's now the Croft is right. Yeah. That used to be um, an amazing place. I think that was when I went to like maybe one of my first gigs. I think it was like uni at six yeah kind of, amazing yeah maybe yeah long time great times that must have been oh my god that must have been about 15 14 years ago i guess something like that um yeah. but yeah that was amazing that was a great place i got on stage with them and it was so fun ellie do you remember like your first gig yes that's a good um, question i should have asked that one yeah <laughs> sorry you can you can cut yourself in asking no, it no. <laughs> do you mean my first paid gig or or my first performance oh no one that you went to Oh, one that I went to. Yeah. yeah. Like, as a, I want to say, like, also one that you went to, like, as a kind of, like, ad, like in a kind of, like, formative year. It's not like anything you went to as a child. I just kind of don't think they count, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I remember two. I don't know which one came first, but they were at the same place in Nottingham, which was not too far from me. One was the script. Wow. <laughs> and the other, the other was Bob Dylan. Wow. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's very cool. One. You definitely it's clawed it back cool. there with yeah. Bob Dylan. Yeah. Yes. Hey, nothing wrong with the man who can't be moved, man. <laughs> when a heart breaks, no, it don't break even. Even. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God, the script. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Good time. To be honest, I'd actually even go and see them. I'm so starved of 100%. entertainment. Yeah. I'm sure, hey, that, I'm sure they're amazing. I have lives. no shame in the artists that were you know i played a huge part in my formative years yeah age. yeah i mean i think uh, yeah i think i'm sorry i didn't mean to be quite so derogatory to <laughs> no, no, i'm joking i'm joking i know how you feel but i do think it's it's quite a different experience to go and see also like a sort of small time band as opposed to like a big mainstream pop artist yeah. kind of like you know like the difference between seeing like student theater as opposed to or like sketch theater as opposed to like a western show sure 
Well, um, what are you guys looking forward to uh, sort of next year? What, what have you got coming up? Have you got any great artists in the pipeline or any shows or festivals that you're looking forward to next year? We just want to build, build, build. Like Hattie's been incredible with the social media side. She's literally like held it together because you know if it was yeah. up to me like they'd be like oh a smiley face and two followers <laughs> yeah. um but she's been incredible so i guess we're going to keep building that because yeah. i mean you must kind of find it drew that um you kind of see the sort of recommended spotify list and it's kind of like oh it's just like famous people yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. how, that's kind of how i feel and it's like how 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 can how can you really compete i think that's um probably what we're going to try and look at because at the end of the day probably like you we're kind of doing it with like no budget and yeah. in our free time amongst our full-time jobs yeah so you can't you always can't really compete with people that have like i don't know loads of money behind yeah, them and or, or a production house behind them and, that kind of yeah, thing yeah, yeah. so i think we're just gonna yeah it's just mad it's just it's it's kind of hard so i think we're gonna yeah just build on that and try and improve our workflow yeah, do some live it events. has been amazing though because we found that there's been a real snowball with artists so you know we interview someone and then through that we get to know someone else and then before we know it we're interviewing someone in new york mm. and it's just so good for us to kind of meet new people as well on a, on a personal level and mm. I, I don't know about you hattie but i've just found it's been really great for just sort of like conversations and and yeah, speaking yeah. which has felt really important I'm sure, Drew, you found the same as well. I mean, Definitely. also, yeah, I was going to say, going back to your question about how do we get guests, um, I'm part of She Said So, which is like the sort of women in music forum. Mm -hmm. yep. So they've been super handy because you can like kind of reach out and be like, hey, I'm doing this podcast. And like a couple of people came back and were like, hey, you should interview this person. So hopefully we can get some more people pitching to us than us sending unread Instagrams to like Lo Carno and, yeah. and Billy Eilish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but Do some more of that. Kind of on that point as well, something that we haven't mentioned that we should probably uh, talk about a little bit is the fact that um, we are two women doing a music podcast. Mm. And yeah, yeah. Guess, yeah, that we, doesn't happen. Feel like, yeah, we feel like that is a little bit unusual. Um, sure. Two, two brown women as well, mm. <laughs> I guess. Like, yeah. You know, so um, it feels... It feels like quite, that wasn't an idea we had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not at all. But I think that's the point, isn't it? Of of actually, you know, allowing people to sort of come through and having our voices heard. Mm. I feel like we've we've tried to sort of go on our content and our, our skills and our expertise and people we know rather than that. But actually thinking about it, and it was only something I realized recently, it is quite unusual mm -hmm. um, and it, it has been difficult for both of us at times in an industry that does still feel very male dominated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's it's one of the reasons why we really try and distribute um, the guests um, as much as, as we can, you know, in terms of, of gender and and race and experience and uh, experience uh, as well, because, you know, yes, we've got some pretty good names, uh, with lots of followers, but mm. we always felt like it would be an important uh, platform for people who are just starting out as yeah. well, because that is also a really important and brave part of the process. Mm. Yeah. And also those people that are kind of maybe like being a little bit more DIY, it's kind of harder to talk about someone's creative process if it's like, they don't write the words and somebody arranges the music and they've got a producer and they've got an engineer and a mixer. It's a very different, different 
a very different conversation yeah. at least that's that's what I've um, experienced from work um but yeah I think when you do look through like top 20 music podcasts it's like like ones that are amazing those people like you know take notes and dissected dope labs it's like I think that all mounted yeah so we're just changing changing that up shaking things up yeah. with our own little Ellie and Hattie flavor <laughs> like crazy <laughs> questions and just yeah just having fun with I it really I'm, I am excited for our future like I really mm. am something that I I hope to achieve is mm. not having to edit in laughs for my jokes <laughs> so <laughs> it will be you know and Hattie like, occasionally Hattie's jokes as well but more mine um, bless you <laughs> so there'll be points in the podcast um because you know when you're making podcasts and editing you structure things as you would an essay yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's always a little bit of laughing in places and you can just copy paste sometimes yeah, yeah, you get yeah. a little bit of a dead moment and that is the that is the joy of podcasting folks yeah that's something that we cannot do in real life <laughs> the copy and paste we can't do it in real life but you know what if we're gonna do these live interviews you gotta make it sound the best it can exactly or <laughs> alternative we plant someone in the audience to laugh yeah good idea yeah or like you know in Shrek when it was those things it was like applause like <laughs> oh, have, the little, have the little signs one of those yeah that's what we'll do when we go to the festivals <laughs> no one talks about this kind of thing like as, as a podcaster I bet you haven't done that Drew I, oh, I, I definitely have I definitely have I, have I can't you? I can't I can't tell you I can't tell you <laughs> The number of ums and ahs so and laughs I've, I've cut out and, you know, all, yeah, there's there's a lot of editing. Like, I think I've made yeah. like thousands of cuts and things on, on these podcasts, honestly, to yeah. tell you the truth. Yeah. How, how long do you spend like editing? It's none of the question that you I, never uh, get to like ask other podcasters. This has become a point of what, yeah. I, I always try to work out. I'm like, am I doing this quickly? Am yeah. I doing this slowly? Well, this I... is a, it's become a bit of a point of contention within, uh, within the Discover Live crew. I am... Um, I'm a massive perfectionist and uh, I like our first, our first few episodes I was spending so like far too long editing I was cutting out like mm. every um and ah and like yes. every repeated word yes. and uh, uh, so they sound amazing but it took me like two weeks to do one episode <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah I hear that completely I remember doing exactly the same thing for the first one and editing all the ums and ahs and I think since then we just sort of learn you've got to let things go and just accept yeah. that life life is life involves imperfections yeah. and that's and okay. it's more of a real that's conversation fine. that way as well and and you know we're going for a, a colloquial style we're chatting breeze and no one chats breeze without a bit of a manaring yeah exactly. we're not news reporters we're not please mind the gap between the train and the platform you know we're not <laughs> that we are we're just chatting aren't we so you know it's letting it go it's finding that mm. balance between being a perfectionist but mm. also enabling some mistakes as yeah, many absolutely. of our artists say that they they do in their creative process yeah there you go nice tie-in nice yeah, tie-in that was very good well done so have you seen like a progression from when you started to where you are now do you do you feel like you're better interviewers do you feel like the podcast has improved or 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 did were you just amazing at it straight away i think we were amazing at it straight away no i think um i think we have definitely improved i think sometimes though i'll make a mistake and wrap things up when hattie's got more questions <laughs> I'll be like, I'm so, I'll, I, and I'll proper do it in a real, like, sort of uh, heartfelt, emotional way that's very difficult to go back from as well. So yeah. it'd be like, 
Well, you've just been such an amazing guest. And I really love that you've been so, you know, this, that, and whatever. And then Hattie's like, yeah, I actually have some more questions. So. <laughs> well, uh, oh, you, you've been amazing good, yeah. guests. <laughs> um, Thank you. You've been a great host. Oh, but I have some questions for you. <laughs> next time, next time. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess it's going to be when you're on our podcast. We'll, I mean, we'll yeah. If, uh, if whenever that happens, I, I would, I would love to. Yeah. But uh, that, that was actually I was going to ask. How weird has it been for you being on the receiving end of the interview for the first? I time? was just about to say how weird it's been. It's it's been strange, and it's made me question why it was I wanted to ever interview people in the first place. I quite <laughs> like being interviewed, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean so it's kind of nice to not have to like think yeah. about the questions I think that's one thing I think actually with podcasts I didn't realize how like not tired it would make but because like you've got like a general idea of what the person does and like I've always got a couple of things about what I kind of want to ask them yeah, what I think yeah. people want to know and then they'll come out with something but you have to be like listening yeah. all the time to hear that that little spark of another yeah. idea and I think it's like it can be and really tiring be constantly thinking about what the next question is going to be and yeah, yeah, without but also without seeming like you're like reading from a script and yeah. without missing that little ding, that little sort of sparkle. Yeah. Um, so I think sometimes like we'll finish the episodes and I'll be like, oh my God, Ellie, that was amazing. I'll sit downstairs and be like, I'm so tired now, I'm dead. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah kind yeah. of reminds me of driving lessons yeah. when like, you concentrate for like two hours and then you're like in yeah. sweat. Yeah, I've definitely had that with uh, my, my flatmate Jack, who I run the podcast with. We've, we've had sort of episodes where it's ended and I've just been sat there the whole time like so tense because I'm just I know I'm doing a terrible job and Jack's just been like amazing I'm, I'm like, the podcast will end and I'll be like you're really good at this mate <laughs> I, I actually think that's why it's really good to do it in a pair I think definitely that's why Ellie and I have we're like very similar but we've got different strengths and weaknesses to one another but it always means that somebody can like pick it up we've definitely had interviews where i've like left and been like oh my god thank god ellie was there because i didn't i didn't say a word yeah. <laughs> like i didn't yeah like i just couldn't it's so so good that you've got someone that can like take over that kind of thinking yeah, portion for you I, I think i think people that do podcasts by themselves it's like amazing and they must be extremely skilled because i don't know if i could yeah do it I don't know. <laughs> Well, um, I think that near enough wraps everything up. I just have uh, one question. Who do you guys have on repeat? Raw. <laughs> do you always ask that or is it just for no, today? No, I just asked just today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, I, I love this. I, I knew you were going to ask this and I already had my person up. So I, really, I was not expecting this. Were you not? I knew it would happen. No. I don't even know who I have on repeat. This could be embarrassing. <laughs> it's eclectic, whatever it is. Let's have a look. Spotify. So mine is Eric the Architect. Eric um, the Architect. Cool. Eric, yeah, so good. So like, just so good. I really like it. Really like vibesy. Kind of like the perfect kind of music to listen to in this kind of time of year, I'd say. It's like kind of chill, mm-hmm. kind of like jazzy hip hop. He's got some really cool production kind of styles. Watch people like... James Blake and just done some really cool stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. he's from New York, but I'm not actually too sure. He could be from, he could actually, yeah. Brooklyn. I don't know. I'm just reading this thing now. Brooklyn, New York trio. Okay, but yeah, good. just super cool. And um, I really recommend it. He released, yeah, yeah. I think like an EP like earlier this month. Definitely Brilliant. listen to that. I'll have to check out. And actually Eric I have been the enjoying Architect. the new Taylor Swift album. Oh, I've not heard it yet. One. I've not heard it yet. I feel like I need to. 
it's pretty good it's quite again like a nice kind of like folksy kind of end of year yeah 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 song there's a couple of good ones i'd mm-hmm. say so yeah eric the architect is my on repeat choice Brilliant. Apart, apart from obviously keeping on repeat, on repeat. Oh um, God, I should have said yeah. that. <laughs> I've, I've been taking uh, on board some of the recommendations we've had from our interviewees. Oh yeah. Uh, when they've been talking about what they've had on repeat. So Short Paris is one that Fable mentioned, and I've been pretty obsessed with him or they. Um, I don't know if he's a band or what, but really interesting. Like she described a kind of Russian David. Uh, Bowie. Uh, I've also been listening to uh, Blah Records. So one of my friends actually has a record label and they have, I would 100% recommend uh, checking them out actually. They have just put out a video on YouTube called Gung Fu and it is epic. It's so good. It's, It's quite sort of old school hip hop and the music video is about 10 minutes long. Mm hmm. And it's phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. Like it's just all these different rappers who come from outside of London, and mm-hmm. you can really hear their accents, right. um, which I think is so. It's yeah, so I great love to pay attention to yeah, something yeah. that's not too London centric. Uh, so yeah, that's really quite. That's like underground hip hoppy sort of stuff. What was the name of the label um, again? Blah Records. Blah. Uh, at, yeah, you just you you have you have to check it out, and we're gonna be interviewing them, I think, in the new year. Uh, it's just I have no idea how we're going to do it because there's like a big group of them. Amazing. Well, um, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time today to chat with me. I really appreciate it. No worries. No, thank, thank you for having, having us. Lovely. I'm so touched as well that we got one of our questions. Um, we had one of our questions asked to <laughs> us. That was really quite nice. Like I was thinking, you know, if someone could have said that that would happen a year ago, yeah. that actually, you know, we'd we'd be being interviewed and someone would ask one of our, our big questions. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's amazing. So thank you so much. Oh, I think fantastic. you're very, you're very, very skilled and talented and thoughtful interviewers. <laughs> yeah, you, so you should never be nervous to do it by yourself. You've been oh, great. Thank you. That's very, that's yeah. very kind. Thank you very much. I'll see you later, guys. Cool. Bye. 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 Hey, everyone. Congratulations on making it to the end of the podcast. You're present. A little slice of me, Jack Parker. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't have to make it through the whole podcast. Just listen to Andrew James. No, no, we wouldn't let you do that. No, I think Andy, Andy did an amazing job. It was really unfortunate I couldn't be there for the interview for this one. But Andy did an incredible job with uh, interviewing Ellie and Hattie. Not too appreciative, by the way, of them saying that he can do it all by himself. Uh, I think Dan and I bring a certain <laughs> I'm pizzazz. taking over. Um, but no, no, incredible to have both Ellie and Hattie on the podcast. They do incredible work and their podcast is, is, is fantastic. So if you do get a chance, please go and subscribe to to their channel and, and, and listen to them as much as possible because they've got some really amazing guests on. Um, and if you want to know more about Discover Live and you want to know more about great emerging artists and small venues then please check us out at discoverlive.co.uk and you can hit us up on any socials at discoverliveuk but we all hope you're keeping well and we'll catch you soon bye bye bye